Hello, and welcome back, or welcome for the first time, to Playtime. My name is Andrew Barnett. I am a child therapist who lives and works in Asheville, North Carolina, and this is a play therapy podcast. But today I should probably say a child therapy podcast because I'm having someone on. It is not just going to be me talking into a microphone the entire time. And the person that I'm having here is Hannah Baker. Hannah, how are you? I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm I'm glad you're excited. I'm a little nervous because this is my first guest, but we'll uh, we'll see how it goes. And Hannah, you're also a therapist. Yes. And you also live and work in Asheville. Beautiful Asheville. Beautiful Asheville. And what do you do here? Yeah, so I'm actually a a wilderness therapist. I work out in Sandy Mush, which is about 30 minutes outside of beautiful Asheville downtown proper. And so I work in the substance use co-occurring mental mental illness field. Gotcha. And um, what ages at this point are you are you working with? 18 to anywhere from like 28 up to the early 30s. It's a young adult program and our milieu kind of dictates what chunk of the young adult spectrum we really get. Gotcha, mm-hmm. gotcha. And the the reason I wanted to have you on here is because we're friends and we've spent time together mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I've heard you talk about attachment and mm-hmm. it sounds like a lens that you use often. I know you've worked with younger clients in the past. Yes. I know that you work with parents mm-hmm. a fair amount too and mm-hmm. it seems like it's a lens that you use to like view the families you work with and conceptualize them and then help move them towards, uh, I guess, whatever it is that you're trying to move them towards as as people. Is that is that fair to say? Yeah, that sounded great. I guess when, <laughs> like, when you're introducing me and I was sharing about how I work with young adults, I was like, wait a second, I'm on a young, young people yeah, podcast. We're, go- we're going even younger. Yeah, we're going yeah, even younger. Yeah. And so, yes, like the way that you said that is precisely it. I've worked in a number of capacities with children, um, adolescents. One of my like favorite age groups to work with is like middle school, adolescent mm-hmm. age. So awkward, so fun. And then their parents as well. And that sometimes is in just with working with the kids. Sometimes I got to tap into the family system in real time. And then sometimes just with the parents alone. And the context in which I'm working with them have been different throughout my very short career already. Yeah. 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 And I think like attachment is something that I always have a little bit of a tricky time with. Yeah. So like in Mm -hmm. the... The play therapy sessions that I do, yeah, they're mostly individual, and I'm mostly geared towards like having a child be more aware of themselves, move through whatever things are coming up for them in session that are blocking their intimate relationships with other people, yeah. and then helping them move towards wholeness and just comfort with themselves and their experiences as a single person. Yeah, and like that's a process that's. I wouldn't say like easy for me to understand, but I have a sense of like how that goes. I like a sense enough of it to feel like I can ramble on a podcast about it and it's (laughs) worth listening to. Yes. Um, But attachment and working on the attachment between two people is honestly a um, it's a tough spot for me personally. Like it like it it gets sticky Mm -hmm. and there's so many different ways You know, I can from a more jaded place, I can feel like, well, if two people aren't attaching, I know we're all ideally supposed to attach to each other, but maybe it's just not happening. So it is what it is. And we got to 
move on to something else or work on that person individually to help them attach. And I'm curious how how you go about whether it's specific interventions that you use or like a way of conceptualizing these families of like helping two people attach more securely or in more of a healthy way if that mm-hmm. if that question makes sense. It does. Yeah. It really paints the picture of like kind of the backdoor approach of attachment work, which is often not like, hey, you're coming in, you're going to trust me, and the trust we build is going to generalize to your relationship, so let's get to it. That wouldn't work. Yeah. Or it wouldn't work. Maybe it would work. That's not how I work. Right. So... Like, we all... We all get down different ways, therapeutically, <laughs> yeah. obviously. Yeah. And I think that that backdoor approach that you're describing is maybe maybe what I just described, I, right? That that, in, yeah. that individual work that leads to a person having more space to connect with the people in their world. But what you do mm-hmm. is different than that, which is which is why you're here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, I I just feel I feel curious and just um yeah about how about how you go about that mm-hmm. that front door attachment work, <laughs> yeah. for lack of a better word. Yeah, the back door thing is now, like, should I have said that? <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what child-centered play therapy has been labeled now, is it's, it's back door attachment work. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, don't worry, don't worry. <laughs> Maybe just like a, like a helpful side door you didn't quite know you had un- kept unlocked and then someone knocked on it and you opened it. Right. I guess the the, the house is the the house of attachment. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then play therapy could work on a bunch of different houses, but this would be a house that that you might spend a fair amount of time in in the oh, work yes. that you do. Yeah. I love it. So what is it like to walk inside <laughs> the front door of the attachment house? Oh, it's so warm. It's such a warm place to be because it's it's like a never-ending kind of hell held place that I get to be aware of that it's there and I get to see my clients parents and little ones slowly become more and more aware of Mm. Um, so it's a warm place to be I think you're naming something really important which is that like all of us as therapists are drawn towards different theories and different things that we do for a reason and that reason has a lot to do with who we are Mm -hmm. i can feel that warm place with say a child individually and then with a family i can have a hard time and this is my own shit Mm -hmm. like trusting that that warm place is open (laughs) when i open the front door of the attachment house but when i hear you speak about it it's like People naturally attach. The space is there in the parent. The space is there in the child. And like I can hold this room in this attachment home in this metaphor that we keep using that exists because I I believe that it exists and I can feel it in both of you. Yes. Yeah. It's the belief system that like fuels the work. It fuels the the trust in the process we like use that so much Mm. and so when I imagine and what I've heard about your sessions of just trusting the child and trusting the 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 work to come out as it does on their terms when I view like sessions through an attachment lens the information is like always coming out it's Mm. all it's like ever flowing Mm -hmm. and I feel so supported by the understanding of that attachment that warmth whether or not those relationships can be repaired or whether or not it's 
this person and this person attaching, that's not even really always the goal. That might not be the goal. Right, right. So obviously, right, like when you're seeing a family, you're Mm -hmm. you're through this lens, you're assessing like, like you believe that that space exists for them to have a more secure attachment, perhaps. But you're also assessing like, is this possible that this is going to happen, or like, um, is this actually what these two individual people, even though they might be in the same family, need to to grow to like whatever it is that we're trying to do with people in in therapy. I'm really aware of by the way that they interact of yeah. how I am in the relationship with them. So them um whatever their goals are relationally is kind of based on like how they view the world, based on how they were parented or how they parent or whether or not their kids were colicky or whether or not they had a traumatic pregnancy. Sure. Um, so things outside of their control. And so maybe, yes, they're coming and they're like, we want to like work together to have more communication. And we want to, a lot of times it was like behavioral stuff. So we want her to come to us and not shut down and like talk to us about her problems. Yeah. Um, and so I hear that and that's, information for me of like what does then the client need relationally to Mm. trust to see therapist as a secure base to then generalize that process to her parents or to her Uh, friends yes 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 like there's and this is why this is why it's so helpful to have you on here like there's attachment (laughs) between and i think i can personally spend so much time with three four five six year olds yeah and we're really just talking about hypothetically they're still learning their attachment styles and their ways of relating at that point like yes. not not that those 3 years before that and being a baby and even being in the womb have an effect on a human being we don't really know how much of an effect perhaps but mm-hmm. like you're also talking about like okay we're starting to have a person who has a way of relating to others like mm-hmm. i'm around people and i feel insecure that they're going to leave or i'm scared about the value of myself in this relationship or I'm just like you know because I'm scared I'm angry and I push everybody away and I create a big barrier but that attachment style is starting to lock in a little bit so you're also assessing say when you see a, a middle schooler or a high schooler or an adult like how are they connecting with me yes. in this space right now mm-hmm. yeah yeah and what you said about like the attachment styles getting locked in mm-hmm. like because those relationships are constantly reinforcing that attachment style. Mm. Like they're constantly reinforcing that pushback by pursuing further or trying to cling further. Yeah. And so interrupting that pattern Mm -hmm. through like play and creating space or through like more direct conflict resolution or more direct instruction, when we interrupt that, that style of relating it, mm-hmm. it just gives them more tools to kind of see themselves in the world and operate in yeah, that world yeah do you feel like um like let's get into a little bit of the the nitty-gritty to the mm-hmm. degree that we can mm-hmm. like like so let's say you've got a we'll try to find a middle ground between the ages we work with <laughs> a 12 year old who you can identify in working with them and their family that mm-hmm. like there is a way of relating here 
that is just enforcing this attachment style inside this 12-year-old. And I can see that attachment style in their relationship with me and their relationship with their peers. Mm -hmm. And so like when you speak about interrupting, Mm -hmm. say, what's happening in the dynamic between that 12-year-old and their parents, what what does that look like? Yeah. Yeah, because interrupt sounds kind of... It is stepping into a more active role as totally. as the professional like and so it is always done from a place of like curiosity and invitation and willingness and have we built the relationship yet and so in the nitty-gritty of like I'm seeing that this 12 year old is like shutting down with her parents and not letting them have access to her internal experience I expect that to happen like for probably most of the time that I spend with her. So the process of like that therapeutic interruption mm-hmm. is one of like returning to the relationship, returning with that modeled warmth or that modeled safety of relationship and continuing to return, continuing to keep my like systems in balance and in safety. That's how we set that up. Here's how I'm picturing it in my mind as you're Mm -hmm. talking, and then you can tell me if I'm following you or not. Mm -hmm. So, like, you're with these two people. Let's just say it's a 12-year-old and their mother. Mm -hmm. And, like, maybe the majority of the time that they relate, you can see this attachment style that's going on, or you can see this way of relating that where they're not connecting. Mm -hmm. But you have a trust in their ability to to, like, return to a relationship that does have love, Hopefully, mutual respect. Hopefully, they both are able to have supports and have their individuality. I mean, those are all kind of idealized things Mm -hmm. that when they start talking about their issues outside of this like cycle that they can get into, Mm -hmm. that there is that space to connect back to. And if you, you are able to be in this grounded space of, tr- of like connecting them to the relationship. And maybe that doesn't even look like a specific intervention. Mm-hmm. It's just helping them sink back into that space of their feelings and of their relationship in contrast to being sort of focused on whatever they get focused on that causes them to be more disconnected. Is that fair? And, and like disconnect and yeah. like connection may not happen. And I think like the goal is for it to start feeling a little better or to start feeling more cohesive. So now I'm kind of getting into more of a systems kind of look into it. Yeah, yeah. Which is like everyone's got attachments to the dyads, to the family system, to self. And so maybe connection is like not realistic. Maybe it's not the goal. But if we can just have enough um, self-awareness that this relationship becomes predictable enough to where I can feel safe in the predictability that when I enter into a relationship as an adult or with friendships, I still hope for predictability or I still hope for safety. I can make safety for myself. And there are like nuts and bolts of like interventions, which I'm happy to like go into because it sounds like super abstract right now. I'm realizing in the moment. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. <laughs> but I, I mean, there's, um, but there's obviously two ways to talk about it, right? And I think, I think it's funny that that say people can ask me all the time about play therapy. Like it's interesting to mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. And then when I get asked about it, to some people, sometimes it sounds like nothing happens. <laughs> yes, right? yes, yes. That it, that it's just like a. <laughs> 
this sort of free-flowing play thing where, like... And they're just like, well, kids get to play all the time. Like, what's different about this? What are the goals for this space? And I can know what the goals are, and I know what the interventions are. Mm -hmm. But, like, there's enough... Um, I don't know, just trust in the process or whatever it is. And it's funny that we're like talking about attachment and you are like conceptualizing things in this larger way, which is which is wonderful and which is just about all I do on the podcast. There's not a lot of interventions, but because I don't do attachment work, maybe I start to feel anxious and then I'm like, yeah, but like, what do you do? Like, what's the what's the point? And the reality of therapy is goals are different for each person. Like Mm -hmm. the potential of these relationships is different. Like what we're. What a, what a person is trying to get out of therapy is different person to person. We could be served by diving more into that. Someone could research on the internet, like, what are the different attachment things that you <laughs> yeah. could do? Like, the interventions. But, yeah. like, but it is the lens that is, that is interesting. But you spoke about attachment can be viewed with both other people. If we're talking mm-hmm. about a minor, we could be talking about their parents. Mm-hmm. But then also the way somebody attaches to themselves which yes. is which is kind of a heady topic that I'd love for you to say more about. Yeah. Yeah. That's the part that an attachment focused person or therapist is like that's the gold. That's mm. the gold stuff. Because you can teach someone how to like set boundaries and you can role play how to be effective in your communication like you can practice that and if it's like disconnected from like the deeper loneliness or mistrust of the world that disconnect is what's concerning to me so connection to self of like how how much do I trust myself to enter into relationships that I can regulate that I can check in with myself and then if those relationships no longer serve me how do I then view myself in the world and that's a very internal process yeah yeah because it's it's just this other level that mm-hmm. like maybe we just don't talk about enough in general as mental health people i mean we obviously people can talk about how like we all could um have better self-talk right, right. like not beat ourselves up as much yeah. or we could uh the reality of the number of people who might say things like i don't trust myself in relationships because i'm worried i'm just gonna mess it up mm-hmm. or like I don't know if I'm valuable enough to be to be loved by a partner or friend or whoever. And so like when things get too close, I just like blow it up or something like, like there's a and those are just too small. Like there's any number of ways that a mm-hmm. person can operate in the world and just and that that doesn't have anything to do with any of the people in their orbit at that point. That just has to do with their own relationship to to what exactly? What would What would you say there? Their relationship to their internal knowing, inner relationship, their inner trust, their inner worldview. The more I say inner, the weirder it sounds. <laughs> but we're talking about these um, these mysterious things that you can't see that are happening inside of a person oh, all yeah. the time. <laughs> and yeah. people hate it. And, yeah. people, and people want, they want the like... The thought journals and they want to see like those change like right, they want right. to see the change and I get it and so we have we have things for that we have like assessment tools for sure. attachment sure. that are helpful yeah. and that are humanizing I think that attachment work is really humanizing and that's what I appreciate about it I feel pulled to ask you at this point 
And it's sort of jumping off of what we were talking about earlier, where Mm -hmm. what every therapist chooses to do is interesting. Like when you get in, I mean, what any person anywhere chooses to do (laughs) is interesting in terms of what, how people spend their time. Yes. But like, how did you get into attachment work? Or like what, Mm -hmm. what, I mean, I'm curious if you can remember like the first time or a time when you heard about attachment stuff and were like, yes, like that, that just clicks somewhere inside of me so grateful that I had that experience because as I was going through grad school that is the process that we were encouraged is like we're gonna show you all of these conceptualizations and all these frameworks and one of them's just gonna click mm-hmm. and and it didn't always happen for folks and that I'm sure that is hard and there's like some other ways to find that luckily I was talking about attachment work in like undergrad Hmm. in my psychology classes and I think that being adopted helped with that knowing and helped with the like identification of something that click because being adopted and and talking about my relationships with my parents as my caregivers and with professionals um was part of my like upbringing yeah yeah so singing songs about being adopted when I was very little and hearing about my social worker that we called our good fairy her name's good fairy Edna Mm -hmm. to me and my family (laughs) so it was a very like magical process that we always talked about and then as I grew up and started hearing like attachment theory or attachment styles I was like that's precisely it that's Mm -hmm. it Mm mm-hmm that's the thing because you you've lived you've lived it like when someone describes like these are attachment styles and this is how this theory frames things it's Mm -hmm. just like yeah (laughs) yeah yeah like that makes total sense i can see that yeah you do uh you have this energy when you uh when you talk about it that i really appreciate what would be something that say Let's say someone is just hearing about attachment. Like, um, I I feel more pulled to get into attachment these days. What would be something that you could pass on as a way to, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, whether it's something to think about or a way that you view things or just, uh, you know, your attachment thoughts for, for a new therapist getting into attachment stuff? Okay, for a new therapist to work with or a new human being? Um, for... <laughs> <laughs> We can start with therapists. Let's start with therapists. That feels really approachable. Yeah. Um, I think I would... I think in order to, like, deliver authentic attachment work, there has to be some sort of attachment, personal attachment work. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm going to be a stickler Mm -hmm. about that. I don't... I'm not usually a stickler for anything. Get on your soapbox (laughs) and be a stickler. Yeah. I'm on my soapbox about it. Mm -hmm. Have a little moment to, like, look within... Um, there's a book called Attached mm-hmm. that I've read probably two or three times at different points of my life. That's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are self-attachment inventories in there. There is attachment inventories for your partner or a friend or a relationship in your life that you'd like to explore. So they have it in the book and then they kind of go through it in a really digestible non-shaming way so I think if you're like what's all this attachment about that's where I would start yeah and you named something really cool in there too which is that if you're looking at at things through an attachment lens that includes yourself and like 
like I'm a little, I'm a little anxious avoidant, you know, like we all, we all have, we all have different attachment styles that we, uh, and it's, it's good to know what is yours. Like if you are, if part of the work is like, I'm with this client and they're attaching to me and I'm learning something through their attachment to me, we're, we're attaching, which means that my attachment style and being aware of that yes. is crucial in understanding like what's what's happening inside of the room right now and not getting things all confused or maybe even projecting your own attachment problems onto a client or a family or that sort of thing. Yes. Hannah, it was such a pleasure to have you on today. This is uh this has been the most um fun time I've had uh recording a playtime yet. So really? I do appreciate that. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. See my little doubtful of like the world and like positive things, my attachment comes out. Mm-hmm. Like really? Yes. <laughs> you mean it? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't I think you're just saying that because you have to be nice because you invited me here to do this podcast <laughs> and actually I'm gonna leave and you're gonna be like, Oh my god, that's all garbage. <laughs> throw everything what? away. I have nothing to work with. It, was, it wasn't a good time at all. <laughs> no, I've been like so excited to come here and just like you and I have had some of my most like invigorating and nourishing conversations about this work and um, so I knew this would just be an extension of that and I've just been really excited. So Me too and now yeah. other people will be blessed with the experience of listening to us talk which is oh. a, a big gift you're welcome you're welcome welcome. (laughs) planet earth (laughs) this this has been playtime uh please rate review subscribe all that good stuff uh check out barnettchildtherapy.com you can always get in touch with me at barnettchildtherapy at gmail.com and yeah see you next time Thank you.